Awesome. Why don't you just stay standing as I introduce Pastor Drew. He's originally from Brisbane and moved to San Diego, California in 2011. Himself and his wife, Emma, have launched out as a C- C3 San Diego South Campus Pastors in 2015 under Pastor Jürgen Leanne Matesius. And the location is flourishing. It is vibrant. Uh, he is a dad of two great children, an amazing pastor and an incredible preacher. It is a great honor to have him here with us tonight, church. Why don't you welcome him as he comes to the stage to share. Thank you. Hey, hey, church, come on, let's give Jesus a shout. Come on. Come on, 6 p.m. service. I heard that you guys were the most passionate, the most excited, the most engaged service here at C3 Powerhouse. Come on, lift the roof off this place right now. Incredible. Hey, just stay standing for a second. Just stay standing for a second. Before I say anything else at all, I would love to honour your senior pastors, Pastor John, Pastor Danielle Pierce. Seriously, two of, two of the greatest people, two of the greatest leaders. And I don't just say this because it's the, it's the nice thing to say or the common thing to say, but the truth is when I was a, a teenager, I listened to Pastor John preach down at my old church in Brisbane and find different podcasts and stuff over the years. So it, it's actually a really big deal, you know, even for me tonight to be here. I'd, I'd never would have thought I'd be speaking here in this incredible church, which is known all around the world as one of the leading C3s all around the world. So you guys are under phenomenal, phenomenal leadership. And also your campus pastor, Pastor Josh, the male model himself. Put your hands together for him. He's a good man. He's a good man. Him and his wife, Shekinah, phenomenal people. And I've got to honor my parents too, because if they weren't here, I, mean, I wouldn't be here. I literally would not be here. I love my parents and my sisters here. And uh, welcome all you people watching online. We're so glad you're with us tonight. You may be seated. You may be seated. Thank you, worship team. I am blown away by how amazing your worship team is. I mean, I'm the oldest guy on the stage right now. I am definitely the oldest guy on the stage right now. You guys are amazing. Thank you for all you do. Incredible. Man, I'm excited to preach tonight. So this is kind of our, our first date here tonight, isn't it? I mean, many of you have never heard me preach before. I actually preached here about 10 years ago at the youth ministry a long time ago. And so, but for most of you have never heard me preach before. So my name is Drew. I I live in California. I live in San Diego. I used to live in Brisbane. I was born and raised Brisbane, Brisbane Broncos fan all day. And, uh, you know, moved to San Diego eight years ago. And my wife and I uh, started a campus a few years ago and we're just having fun, just building God's church. It's a lot of fun. It's a, it's a great thing to build God's house. Somebody say amen. amen. And just a few disclaimers. I spit a lot when I speak. Even you guys aren't safe. I'm just going to throw you that out there. And uh, I, I have this um, ADD thing that um, like I, get, I get quite distracted. Even right now, I'm distracted by that guitar. So I'm distracted. So I, I need this to be conversational tonight, people. Like when I'm talking, I want to, I want to, I want to, you know, just let's interact a little bit. Because here's the thing. If I get bored and I'm preaching, then you're absolutely bored. Like there's, there's no chance. 
There's no, you're not going to get a thing out of this. You're going to be playing Angry Birds in no time. Some of you may already be playing Angry Birds. Put it aside. Just give me a minute. But uh, it's going to be so much fun preaching to you tonight. And we're preaching about really one of my favorite topics. We're talking about groups. Talking about groups. When, when um, we moved to San Diego, I did an internship. And then um, so shortly after I graduated, I became the group's pastor. I was the group's pastor for several years. So I'm actually really passionate about, about groups, about small groups. We call them connect groups. So if I say connect group tonight, I mean group. So just come with me on that. But uh, the title of my message tonight is The Connect Effect. The Connect Effect. Let's pray. God, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for this amazing church, C3 Powerhouse. God, we thank you that tonight I'm going to preach well and I'll preach quickly and that we will be out of here in no time eating phenomenal food and doing life together incredibly. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Let's go. Ecclesiastes 4 verse 9. Ecclesiastes 4 verse 9. It should be on the jumbotron behind me. There we go. Two are better than one. Two are better than one. I believe this to be true in many instances in life. Two donuts is always better than one donut. Two fun-sized chocolate. Fun-sized. There's nothing fun about a fun-sized chocolate. The only thing that you need is like 15 of them. So two, two is better than one. Two days at Disneyland is better than one day at Disneyland. If you've never been to Disneyland, just imagine you're in the line at Queensland Transport. And that's it. That's what it is. That's all it is. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's the greatest place on earth. Go there. It's worth it. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Verse 11. Also, if two lay down together... They will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Time out for the youth group. <laughs> Just a little disclaimer that I have to do this because there are 14-year-olds here uh, who are, their voices are breaking. And, and you just thought I said that you can lay down with people. You can't. Stay vertical. Okay, so <laughs> I say that because I'm trying to help the youth pastor out. Stay vertical, young people. <laughs> Oh, the pastor said we can lay down. Nope. <laughs> Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. Two can. One, one cannot, but two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. You know, you and I, we're not supposed to do life by ourselves. Did you know that? We're not supposed to do life alone. And, and studies have actually proven this. This is not even just my cool opinion. This is actually proven in studies that people with a wide network of friends have less tension, suffer less from stress, and actually live longer in life. That's not even from the Bible. You can't even find that in the message version. That's just, that's just this. People have studied this stuff. In fact, there was a case study. Check this out. A case study on social isolation, which examined social isolation. Social isolation was examined as a predictor of mortality in patients with significant coronary artery disease. More isolated patients compared with less isolated counterparts were studied. And they discovered that for those people that had three or less people in their social network, they were twice as likely to die. That is saying something. The data does not lie, people. A professor of psychology said that not having a social support network can be a higher death risk than obesity 
or leading a life without exercise. So what that is saying is that you are better off this week ditching the gym, going to group and eating a whole bunch of donuts. Come on, be set free tonight, people. That's good news for somebody. Someone's getting a McDouble on the way home. Amen. Get two. I'm not going to hold you back. So what's my point here? What's my point? I want to talk about a few things with, with groups. And, you know, at my church, we always ask people, whose group are you in? We never ask, oh, are you in a group? Because everyone's in a group. We ask, whose group are you in? Because everyone's in a group, right? Like, by the time you leave here tonight, you're going to be in a group. You might even be in three groups, if that's allowed. I don't know. But, but you might, you'll be at least in one group this week. And that's a good thing for you. And, and, and you know, I'm, I'm into social media. We can be social media friends. I think social media is cool. I'm not like one of those crazy people that's like hates it and writes blogs about it and stuff like that. I think social media is okay. But, but I wonder if, you know, you could have a thousand friends on social media, but, but no real friends in, in real life. I wonder if people have traded socializing for sofa-lizing where you're on your sofa liking photos of a stranger's cat, someone's latte. I mean, when I grew up, that was actually called stalking. But now we all do it. I wonder if we kind of created a society now with social media where people are more concerned about being known than being someone worth knowing. I wonder if it's possible that you and I, myself included, can easily go down a pathway of living for likes rather than being someone who can be liked. I wonder if people would actually rather have fame than friends, even though fame leads to a pretty dead-end street that never actually gives you what it so willingly promises. So tonight I want to ask you and I eight questions about your life and this is going to be fun and if you're taking notes you should take notes in church if you take notes you go to a special part of heaven which is quite elite there's a there's a special gate there's a guard it's it's where you want to be so take notes and you'll also be with me and my other friends that take notes from all around the world in heaven in the gated part so take notes eight questions let's have some fun and let's ask these questions the first question is this who do you celebrate life with? Hebrews 10, verse 24 says this, Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as the habit of some, but encouraging one another. Encouraging one another. So who do you celebrate with? When you get a promotion at work, who do, you, do, you, do you have someone to call and say, hey, I got a and they're actually happy for you? Like genuinely happy for you? Do you have do you have someone to call when you when you buy your first home and you're you're so excited about who who do you celebrate with? Who do you who do you get when you're on the highs of life? Do you have some people to call and actually celebrate life with? Because that's what God wants. He wants you and I to be able to celebrate life with people. I'm gonna keep moving. Number two. Question number two. Who is your emergency contact? Who's your emergency contact? Now, this is just a disclaimer. If you have a real emergency, call triple zero. Okay. <laughs> he told me to call my friend. No. I'm t- 
Who, who do you call though? We just talked about the highs of life. Who do you call when you're at your pinnacle? Your moment. But then who do you call when you hit rock bottom? Who do you call when stuff is not good? Who do you call when you're on the side of the road and you've got a flat tire and you're annoyed because you didn't renew your membership to get that person to come and fix it and you're embarrassed because you're a grown man and you should know how to change a tire. But there's your Prius just sitting there with a flat tire. I can make Prius jokes because I own one. I'm just going to throw that out there. Who do you call? Who do you call? Do you have people to call? Do you have people to call when, when stuff's not good that you can just be real with, just talk to about? Number three, who sharpens you? Who sharpens you in your world? Who makes you into a better person? Proverbs 27 says, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Are your friends like iron that sharpen you? Do they make you sharper or do they make you dull? It's just a thought. You can write it down if you'd like. You can implement it if you like, but it's something you want to think about. I need friends in my life who can sharpen me, who can make me into a better person. I need friends that I can sharpen. Come on, there's something rewarding about helping sharpen somebody else's life. Number four, who do you have to dream with? Who do you have to dream with in your life? Everybody, every single person in this room is wired to dream. And if you've given up on your dreams today, then maybe today is your day to sort of maybe pick them up again. Your day to dream again. Tell the devil that your best days are not behind you. Your best days are ahead of you. But who do you have to dream with? Who do you have in your life where you can tell them, man, I've got this crazy wild idea for this invention, this crazy wild idea. I kind of feel like I want to do whatever. And who do you have in your world that you can think big? And rather than deflate you, they actually inflate your dream. Rather than cutting you down because you're trying to do something amazing, they lift you up. They prop you up. I think it's important for you and I to have people that we can dream with. Proverbs says, the, li- the way of life winds upwards for the wise. We should want and expect big things in your life. You should want and expect. Never be embarrassed or ashamed about having big dreams in your life. And that's how you know that you haven't got friends who are thinking big if you're ashamed to tell them about your big thing because you're worried that they're going to try and talk you out of it. It's just a thought. Who do you have? You know, groups are a good place to dream. It's a good place to talk to people about, man, I've got this, you know, if you're a business person, I'm not sure if you have business people groups, but I'm telling you, as, as, as what, I'm watching, you know, business people in my church get around other business people. I, I haven't got time to tell you stories right now, but I know of business people in my church that, that thought so small, so small. And then they came around some, some people in, in my church and all of a sudden they start getting these ideas. They start, they start, they start just, just employing people and, and ideas explode and, and companies are growing and, and they're like, wow, I never thought this could happen. It's because of the people that they were around. Who you dream with? Number five, who is your gold digger? Now, hang on a second. This is confusing. Who is your gold digger? I'm not talking about Kanye. Who is your gold digger? 
You know, when I was the Connect pastor, I used to get asked all the time, hey, Pastor Drew, just give me one key for being a great Connect leader, being a great group leader. What's one key? And when I only had time to give somebody one key, I would give them this key. I would say, just be a good gold digger. Because the truth is this, every single person in this room, despite what you think, despite what you've been told, despite the lie that someone told you, despite what maybe even a teacher or a friend or a loved one has told you. There is gold deep down inside every single person in this room. I don't care whether you've gone bankrupt five times. I don't care if you've been divorced eight times. There is still gold in you. There is still gold in you. And I believe that the number one job for a group leader is to love people enough to see the gold, but then number two, dig through the dirt to get to the gold. Because I'm telling you, when you're in a group, you should have some people in your life that you can say, man, I I know there's dirt, but can we just work through the dirt? Can we get through the dirt? Because I know there's gold in me somewhere. I know that God has gold in me somewhere, but can we just get through this dirt? And if you're in a group, Are you you open for that? Are you willing to let somebody put the gloves on and get a little messy, get through the dirt to get to the gold? There could be the next Prime Minister of Australia in your group. There could be the next Richard Branson in your group. There could be the next Billy Graham in your group. But I'm telling you, it's going to take leaders who are willing to put the gloves on and dig through the dirt along with people who are willing to let their leader put the gloves on and dig through the dirt and get through that dirt and get to the gold. That's why you need to be in a group because you need to help and you need to get the, the, the dirt. The dirt needs to be removed so that the gold can, can be seen and the gold can shine because you've got gold in you. Let's keep moving. Number six, who do you have to pray with you? Who do you have to pray with you? This is, this is cool. So James 5, verse 16. Let's check this out. James 5, 16. Oh, you guys are on point tonight. Come on, give it up for the media, guys. That was so fast. I, could, I couldn't even turn around in time. Most of the time, the media guys just get the look of mistake, which is the... I'm trying to worship here. I'm trying to worship God. You guys... Yeah, but we love you media guys. Always love you media guys because they can just turn the screen off whenever they want. James 5.16, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Sometimes when we read the scripture, we just read the second half of it because it's really good. Oh, sorry, media guys. Thank you. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. That's really good. That's like the part, we, it's like, we love that part. That's like people get that tattooed on themselves. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. But what does it say before that? It says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other. Wait a minute. Confess my sins to somebody? Talk about my struggle with somebody? Talk about my mistake with somebody? My screw up? but then someone won't think I've got it all together. Right, because you don't. No one really does. This is God's picture for the church. A room of people that are open. And I'm not, 
This is a safe place. Don't confess your sins on Facebook. <laughs> Especially if you're watching live on Facebook right now. <laughs> confess your sins with each other. But wait a minute. I thought I was just supposed to go and confess my sins to the pastor, the minister, and then he'll tell me what to do. That's not God's picture. God's picture is not that we would go to the pastor and, and confess, but more that we would go to each other. That's the picture of God's church, that we would have groups of people that would meet with each other, confess with each other, pray for each other, and get your healing. This is so helpful for somebody tonight. That's how you get your healing. That's how you get your healing. All right, number seven. We're moving along here. This is a real deep point. Get ready, all the deep people. You are just going to immerse yourself into a pool of depth right now. You're going to love this. <laughs> Number seven, who do you have fun with? Who do you have fun with, people? Because I know we've had some deep points, some very serious points about prayer and about all this stuff. But there is a, something to be said for having people in your life that you just have fun with. You know what really blessed my heart earlier on? was when I saw a panda, a party panda, on your screen. That told me that C3 Powerhouse knows how to have fun. Come on, you are in a good church. When your church is playing videos of a panda, going to people's groups, giving away Krispy Kremes? Are you serious? You are in a very fun church. But make sure you got people in your life just to have fun with. Come on, there's something. Come on. Sometimes Christians can get real serious. Real serious. And they're focused and they're praying. And it's good to be serious. I get that. But I'm telling you, there's something just fun about getting people together and just playing Jenga. Just playing Jenga, people. And you can't play Jenga by yourself because you'll always lose. Who do you have fun with in your life? Who do you have fun with? Number eight, who do you have to point out your blind spots? Proverbs 18 verse 1. Proverbs 18 verse 1. Here we are. Whoever isolates himself. Hang on a minute. Whoever isolates himself. But, but I'm isolated by other people. No, no. The devil wants to tell you a lie that other people are isolating you. But the Bible says right here, whoever isolates himself seeks his own desires. He breaks out against all sound judgment. Most people who I know that have done crazy things have been isolated people. And they've isolated themselves. They've isolated Himself. Proverbs 18. Good scripture. Write that down. I just, I have to thank God for, for people in my life, friends, family, leaders, who have not allowed me to become isolated, who have, who have even, even in my moments have spoken into my life and said, hey, you know, you're not making a good choice right now. You know, you and I, we need to be in a group because we need to have people seeing our blind spots. 
helping us not become isolated because when we're isolated, we make bad choices. We make crazy choices that could totally derail our lives. That's not God's plan for us. And sometimes I understand we, we, we want to have the, the friends that just fluff our pillows and just tell us that, oh, you're good all the time and all the time you're good. You're awesome. But, but, and it's there's, there's good to have friends like that that encourage us, but, I'm, but there's people, I, I need people in my life that can see my blind spots because I can't see them. That's why it's a blind spot. I can't see it. My wife and I, we have two cars. One car is awesome. One car is not awesome. The not awesome one is the Prius. That's my car. If you're a husband, give your wife the better car. Just do it. It's a smart move. So my wife's car, it's much better than mine. It has these little sensors. So if she's driving and there's somebody in her blind spot and she tries to change lanes, a little light will flash. So when I drive her car, I'm just loving it because I can kick back and I can just, changing lanes is never a stress to me because I've got these little lights that flash and tell me, hey, don't change lanes right now. Don't do that right now because there's somebody there. Just wait a second, let them drive past you or speed up, you know, if, if that's legal, speed up and, and get ahead of them. But what I love about it is, is that in, in my wife's car, there is these little lights that flash that help me not crash the car. Maybe the person that's trying to, to speak some sound judgment, you're seeing it as an annoying flash, but it's the very thing that will help you not crash the car. We've got to have people like that. So, who do you celebrate with, life with? Who's your emergency contact? Who sharpens you? Who do you dream with? Who's your gold digger? Who do you have to pray with? Who do you have fun with? Who do you have to point out your blind spots? That's eight questions I wanted to ask you and I tonight. But we still have time left for a bonus point. But wait, there's more. If you call right now, we're going to throw in a vacuum cleaner that can pick up a bowling ball. Because that's exactly what you need. Why pick up your bowling ball with the regular holes that you use when you typically transport it from point A to point B when you've got a vacuum cleaner that will help you pick up the ball? This is the bonus point, people. This is the bonus point. And really, the, the most of this message is geared, what I've said so far is geared towards helping you and I understand the importance of being in a group. Now I want to talk about the importance of groups within the church and within within the kingdom of God and God's, God's bigger plan for what groups are. So I think we're all on the same page. We shouldn't do life alone. We should do life with good people. And everyone tonight's going to go join a group. It's going to be fantastic. But groups have a bigger purpose than just that. They're on a mission. Groups are actually on a bigger mission than just that. They're, on, they're, on the great, they're in the great commission, which is to go into the, all the world and make disciples not just a crowd, but disciples. What I love about this church is it's not a crowd, it's disciples. I can tell that because people are pressing in and they're worshipping. When you've got 13 and 15-year-olds drumming and singing, come on, you've got, you got some discipleship happening up in the youth ministry. I love that. But this is actually discipleship. This is how God does it. This is it, it's groups. So... Let's check it out. And I'm running out of time, so let's skim over some, some scripture here in Acts because this is God's plan to grow the church. And I believe this church is, is, is not just growing now, but is on the, on the edge of, of, of expansion and incredible growth. And so I think this is very important for the season that you're in as a church. Acts 
chapter 1, verse 15. In those days, Peter stood up among the believers, a group numbering 120. So we have 120 people in Acts chapter 1. Now skip forward, Acts chapter 2, verse 41. And that day, about 3,000 souls were added to them. So that's revival. That's what, when we talk about revival, that's revival. 3,000 people in a day, that's incredible. That's revival. And just a side note, in case you're thinking, well, it's not about the numbers. Well, there's lost people, and there's a heaven and a hell. And, 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 I, and I think that there are people, even just within a couple of kilometers of this building, and, and their soul is on the line. So, of course, it's not about the numbers. It's about people. So I would be very excited if 3,000 people joined my church, because I know it's 3,000 people that are now not going to hell, that are now in, in the house of God, that are planted that are stepping into freedom. They're stepping into all God has for them. just want to say that because I'm going to talk about a lot of numbers in the next minute and the numbers people might have a problem with it. Okay. Verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread. Come on, carbohydrate people, put your hands up. All this keto stuff, seriously. Jesus made bread. Okay. He made bread. He didn't make some keto dip. I don't know how Jesus stayed so lean with his bread abilities. Anyway. Breaking of bread, enter prayer. So this is God's strategy to building the church. It's so simple, and it hasn't changed for a couple of thousand years. God's strategy is, number one, the apostles' teaching, church. Number two, fellowship, breaking of bread, praying together groups it's really a two thing it's like that's really it we do a lot of other cool things as churches all around the world but when you boil it all down this is God's strategy for you and I to build an amazing incredible city impacting church it's the apostles teaching it's a church and it's groups it's that simple people so let's keep going. Acts 2.46. Every day they continued to meet together in temple courts. They broke bread. There it is again. Bread in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God, enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Every day people were being added. Acts 4 verse 4. Let's jump to there. The number of men who believed grew to about 5,000. So we've gone from 120. We had 3,000 people added. They're growing every day. Now we've got 5,000 men. So you'd have to assume based on a 2.2 kid average, we're sitting around about 21, 22,000 people in the church. Acts 5 verse 14. This just keeps getting better and better. Worship team, you guys can come up whenever you can. As soon as possible would be great because I'm running out of time. 5 verse 14. More and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. Acts 5, 28, it says, you filled Jerusalem with your teaching. So biblical scholars would believe and debate that at this point in time, there's probably 80 to 100,000 people in this church in a city believed to be around 200,000. This wasn't 80 or 100,000 people in a massive New York City. This is 80 to 100,000 people in a city of 200,000. Acts 5 verse 42, day after day in the temple courts, which is church, and from house to house, which is group, they never stop teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. This is the last thing I want to say tonight. But, and this is it, that God's strategy has not changed. 
He has, he has not changed, and he is so passionate about his church. The apostles teaching here at church, and then all of us meeting, that's groups. And I believe if God can do it in the book of Acts, he can do it again today. He can do it in the Sunshine Coast. He can do it again in the Sunshine Coast. The youth section, come on, he can do it again in the Sunshine Coast. Do you believe that what God did back then, he can do again? He can do it again. I believe that God is doing something unique and doing something special in this church. And you are right on the edge, I believe, of God expanding and lengthening pegs and, and, and tents and expansion. And I believe that you are going to see an explosion within your groups. And you are going to see more and more groups starting. And you're going to see more and more people stepping up into leadership saying, you know what? I don't know exactly how to do this. I may not be perfect. I may not be ready, but I know this. I know that I trust the person who's leading me and I know that I love people and I love God and we're going to see more and more people saved, set free, transformed, discipled and into the calling of God on their life. Come on, if you believe it, why don't you give Jesus a shout? I believe the day will come where every single street in these areas, in these zip codes, postcodes, every single street will have a group on it. I was in Utah recently preaching there and the Mormon church has churches everywhere, everywhere. You know what their vision was and still is, is that every single person would be able to walk to a Mormon church. And when you drive around Utah, you literally see church. A block later, another one. A block later, another one. How could it be possible that their vision could be greater than ours? I'm telling you, church, we're seeing this, we're going to see this, this, this all around the world where churches are going to lean into groups like never before. And we're going to see a vision. We're going to see every street, every street corner, there's going to be a group. And, and, and everybody in this, in this city, in the Sunshine Coast, will be within walking distance of a group. Coffee shops will be filled with people. Restaurants are going to be filled with people everywhere you look. And that's what revival looks like. Man, I love this church. I really believe God is, is, is moving. I'm almost out of time. Just really quickly, every head bowed, every eye closed. I'm out of time, but I want to ask every single person in this room a question. I want to ask them a question. Are you close with God right now? Are you in relationship with Jesus right now? Or are you far from Him? And if you're far from Him, that's okay. You're here. You're in church. You can change that. If you're far from Him, I, just, I would love, love for you just to let me know that you're far from Him so I can just quickly include you in the final prayer that I want to say tonight. So if you're far from God tonight, if you're disconnected from Him, or maybe you're here tonight and you've never actually made the choice to follow Jesus. Maybe you know a whole lot about religion, but nothing about relationship. If you're not in relationship with Jesus, tonight is your night, my friend, to start.
that relationship with Jesus. So if you're here tonight and you're not in a relationship with Jesus, you're far from God, or maybe you just need a fresh start. Listen, with every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around, just give me a wave of your hand right now. I believe there's several people in this room tonight that need to respond to this moment. Who are those people tonight? Just give me a little wave of your hand. Who are those people? You're far from God. Thank you. I see that hand over there. Thank you. Incredible. Who else is there tonight? You're far from God. I'm out of time, but I just want to make sure. I just want to make sure we, we give a moment for this, for this moment. If you're far from God, tonight is your night, my friend. Tonight is your night. Jesus is here. He's knocking on the door of your heart. He wants a relationship with you. Who's that person? I'm almost out of time, but I still feel like there's one more person here. And right now, God is, is your, heart, your heart's beating because God's knocking on the door of your heart. Who's that last person? Who needs to respond to that tonight? Amen. Amen. Hey, come on, church. Why don't you put your hands together right now for Jesus? Because a couple of people raised their hand and there's a party happening in heaven, even just for one. So we're going to party up in here. But, but I would love to say a prayer right now. And this prayer is specifically for those couple of people that raised their hand. But let's pray this prayer all together. Come on, as one big church family. Let's do this. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to hang on a cross for me, for my sins. I accept you as my Lord. I accept you as my Savior. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Come on, put your hands together one more time. How good is God? Hey, if you're a, if you're a group leader, why don't you stand to your feet right now? If you're a group leader, just, just stand to your feet right now. If you're a group leader, come on. Awesome. Awesome. Just lift your hands to heaven if you're a group leader right now. I just want to, I'm almost out of time, but I just want to quickly impart something into the group leaders who are here. Guys, thank you for these amazing, faithful, incredible group leaders that are in this church. Guys, thank you that you have graced them for this job. And I want to tell you right now that you're not in this job by mistake. You are the person for the job. God is going to use you and He's going to blow you away. You never actually know how much you've got inside of you. And I'm telling you, as a group leader, you are going to find yourselves in moments with people where, where, you, where you literally are, are praying for somebody in, in your home and they're giving their life to Jesus. You're going to find yourselves in connect groups where, where someone comes in and they've got a, 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 a sore back or a headache or, or a broken knee or something, I'm telling you, be, be, be aware and be ready for the power of God to move in your groups. I declare that in groups we would see miracles, we would see salvations, we would see a powerful move of God in our groups. We would see people who are so lonely, who are so isolated, on the edge of even deciding to maybe not even live anymore, but they're going to come into your groups and they're going to say, you know what, God, I gave this one last chance and you met me. God, you met me and I've got friends again. I see you guys doing phenomenal things and on the other side of that I see God pouring out just such a blessing on you such a feeling of fulfillment and such a reward on each and every one of you God bless these connect leaders God grace them for this job in Jesus mighty name and one last thing to do come on Dan come up here and where is Ebony Ebony you come up too you're amazing I want to pray for you guys really quickly just really quickly who loves these guys You know, God, God has 
such a major plan for you both. And I love, I've hung out with you guys a little bit, but I don't really know much about you, but, but I can just tell. You can tell a lot about somebody just by the way they carry themselves, by the way they, they're smiling. You know, fruit of the Spirit is joy. And, and, I, and I believe that the Word of God for you guys is that the joy of the Lord will be your strength. The joy of the Lord will be your strength. And even right now, you guys are smiling. Like just, it's like you can't not smile. It's incredible. But let me tell you, in ministry, there are, there are highs and lows in ministry. You guys know that. There are highs and lows in everything, right? But I'm telling you, the joy of the Lord is going to be your strength. And as you guys go, and as you guys go to pioneer, as you guys go to take ground, I'm telling you, you will get places that other people wouldn't get to because they would have given up because they haven't got the joy you guys have got. The joy is going to be the gas in the tank. It's going to be the gas in the tank that you're going to need to get to what He has for you. God's got a major plan for you both. Don't ever let someone tell you, hey, you're so young, or don't ever be intimidated by people who are twice your age. Don't ever let that worry you. Don't ever let that intimidate you or scare you or stress you out. God has graced you. God has called you, and you're both going to be pioneers. You're going to be pioneers, and I see you both sitting across the table from people who are twice your age your age, maybe even three times your age, but you've, gra- you've got a grace for it. There's an empowerment within you. So right now, Holy Spirit, just touch them afresh. God, I declare over them that your power is with them in this time, and you're expanding them. God, you're growing them. And God, they're, they're, yeah, you're, in Jesus' name, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Just receive a fresh impartation from the Holy Spirit right now, a fresh touch from God right now, in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 I'm out of time. Amen. Amen. Hey, Powerhouse Church, I'm out of time, but I just want to say that really on behalf of, you know, Emma and I, and, you know, um, we, we just, it's just such an honor to be here with you. And it's such an honor to be in this church. And I really, really believe God is is on the edge of just doing something amazing and magnificent here. So come on, would you put your hands together one more time for how good God is, how good your church is. Come on, really do that. Come on, how good is God? You're blessed. You're blessed. You live in the sunshine coast of Australia and you come to this church. You're blessed. Come on, would you welcome Dan back up here tonight? Come on, Dan.